Hello and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm joined here with my co-host, as well as a very special guest, and I am your host, Kevin Finkel. Hey, everybody. It's Ryan. I'm the uh, cardboard samurai out of the Tokyo area of Japan, and special guest... Hello, it's Claudio here. It feels like it has been a while since I've been on the show. Feels good to well, be back. Well, you've been busy with Tac Talk, right? Yeah, Tac Talk as well as the uh, RC last weekend. Uh, yeah. Man, I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm bring that up. I It took me a few days to recover from the trip. Mm. Oh, I bet. Yeah, you had your regional, and yeah, and then you had the Tac Talk episode. Everyone's been busy. You know, making contents, I think. So so no worries, you know, if you're busy and you can't come on from time to time. We always love having you on, though. Yeah, that's nice. I had a lot of fun, though, despite not doing well. Like, it, this was my first tournament, like, big tournaments after COVID. Mm-hmm. So always fun to see everyone. Did you have a good time? Yeah, yeah. Which is really, really cool because I didn't do well in anything I played. So at, le- mm-hmm. at least I had a good time mm-hmm. talking to people there. So yeah, nice. the gathering is yeah, back. Oh yes, <laughs> paper paper magic—it's a wonderful thing, mm-hmm. and it's making some changes. You know, we kind of we kind of touched on this last week when we were going over the results, and we we're like, hey, we might need to devote a whole episode to this. So we wanted to kind of make this episode about the combo decks in Pioneer. Is that we're we're seeing a little bit of a combo resurgence. Yeah. You know, some of this may be related to people playing in paper and mm-hmm. either owning the decks or liking the decks or not wanting to click through the decks on Magic Online. But pretty excited that uh, it seems like we've getting you know not only are some old combo decks coming back, but we've also got some kind of new ones in the works here that are uh, you know making some real results. So that's what we wanted to talk about today is uh, really focus on combo decks, and we we want to kind of devote the first part. Ryan, you've been Tonight, trying out a yes. combo deck, having some fun with it. Yes. Uh, and we were saying we are going to do a whole episode on that, but then with all these other combo decks, we wanted to work those in too. But tell us about the deck you've been excited and, about. And actually, um, I talked to Claudio a little bit about this deck too, which is why I wanted to have him on as a guest um, to kind of comment on it. But uh, as I said in my uh, our last episode, I was playing Bard Class at the uh, Gata Pioneer. And, you know, it is... In my opinion, I think it is a a combo deck, which kind of connects to, uh, you know, our topic today on combos. But uh, I thought, yeah, let's spend like 10, 15 minutes. Let's just go over the deck. It's I think it's been on everyone's radar. Everybody's really interested in the deck, but no one really knows about the deck. Would you agree? Well, the, the you know, I've said it before, but I feel like you can't be an MTG content creator if you don't love Bard Class. It's mm. one of those decks that, like, I feel like the people who play a lot of Pioneer, the people, you know, who are like, you know, constantly streaming pioneer and like to play it online those are the kind of people that love this deck because mm. it just does some fun things you don't really yeah. get to play the exact same kind of deck style as uh, a lot of other pioneer decks it's a little bit different um it, it evokes a little bit of kethis which i felt like mm-hmm. was another one of those decks that people loved um so yeah i feel like a lot of people really like this deck who make pioneer content so like mm. me and all my friends love it but uh, maybe not everyone who listens to the show everyone who just you know, keeps a little more casual, plays a little bit of Pioneer, mm. but not an obsessive amount of Pioneer, may not be as familiar. So I definitely wanted to go through the deck and uh, and see what, you know, talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because, like, when I was, like, testing and when I was going through all this stuff, I'm like, is there a primer out there for Bard Class? Has been, anybody been testing Bard Class? And, like, I couldn't find anybody. Everybody else could be like, oh... I just go online and I find this Rakdos player streaming. I can like watch them play or this Mono Green Devotion. You can't do that as a, a 
a bard class uh, player. So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing this for this weekend. Yeah, I think what draws people's people toward this deck as well is because like one of the downsides of the deck is that you have to play a lot of legends and not a, not all of them are necessarily good. And every mm. set there's the excitement. Ooh, maybe this is going to fit in the deck. You know, because mm-hmm. it's like it's pretty like the building blocks of the deck are pretty pretty generic. It's like crew legends, so maybe every set there's a little something there for for the deck. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's uh, continue with that uh, train of thoughts. Well, let's talk about what is Bard class. So, how does it win? How would let's have Claudio take this one? How does Bard class win? Yeah, so I think I would define Bard class as an aggro combo deck. So you have kind of two mm-hmm. different plans. You're either trying to beat down or you're trying to combo off. And the way you, the deck combos off is with Bard class making uh, all your creature, legendary creatures cost you less. And you have some mana generating creatures like um, Bergy and you have cards mm-hmm. like Gen- uh, Xenagos as well. So basically, mm-hmm. if you have Bard class on level three, and you play, and, and you have like, and you play like Mox Somber, uh, and have Bargain play, basically you get to generate a bunch of mana, go through your deck, play a lot of creatures, and usually you're going to have something that gives haste to everyone, like Goro Goro mm-hmm. or Samut. Yes. And that way you can just alpha strike your opponents. So that's basically how the deck combos off. Let me be a little more specific because I feel like I've seen people that have read Bard class and not fully understand mm-hmm. it. And that's not calling you out, Ryan, but I feel like yeah. you're in that group as well. Is uh, So Bard class, it's red and a green. It's one of these class cards and it has three abilities. And as you level it up, it gains more of those abilities. So at the beginning, it just makes it so that any legendary creature you play enters with a plus one plus one counter. Once you play another red and green, then you also get the ability that all of your legendary spells cost a green and a red less to cast. So if it just costs a green, it costs nothing. If it costs a red and a green, it costs nothing. If it costs one and a red and a red, it'll cost one and a red. So Mm -hmm. it just pulls out that colored pip from each one of the spells you cast. And this happens any number of times in a turn. Then the third level is the kind of combo part of it is for five more mana. Uh, Then every time you cast a legendary spell, you get to exile the top two cards of your library and you can play those this turn. And if those are legends those get the mana reduction and they can count to get you more cards. So you can really turn through your entire library yeah, with that. just a single bard class on yeah. level three. Yeah. So, and that's uh kind of uh, one of the problems that is that if you don't have bard class, people say like the deck's not good. You know, it's like you get it, you can like go off. You don't get it. Then you just kind of, yeah, I think game. that was, that speaks to what I was talking before. Like you play cards to, work with your synergy and they're mm-hmm. not necessarily going to be the best ones so. see that's where i've always liked playing it a little bit less all in on the combo plan nobody else seems to go that way but you know i liked burning tree emissary in the deck just as a strong two drop that synergizes with a lot of the two drops we have but no it seems like nobody else plays it because it's not a legend but i've always thought that's a good card just so that your your aggro plan is more effective when you don't have bard class in play mm-hmm. yeah because I, you guys want the combat to... stuff is pretty compact it's basically bird class and burgy and mox so mm-hmm. what other cards you play around that are 
pretty flexible. Well, let's talk about that. What what are the core cards? What would you say are the core Claude, uh, core cards? Claudio, sorry, double, triple C's. Yeah, I think the core cards <laughs> are uh, Bard Class and Burgi and Mox Umber. Mm-hmm. Because I think those are the cards you have to play up, up to four copies of each one to make your deck mm-hmm. work. They're built like the deck is yeah. built around that. I think what you want then is a number of zero mana legendaries. So anything that's red and green, yeah. which used to just be Targnar and Galia. Now we've got a third one we'll talk about in a second. As well as, you know, Oath of Nyssa is a big one. That one finds you a card while you're comboing through it. Yeah, that's uh, worth talking about. Any of the one mana. Uh... Yeah, Oshira and Zergo, Bell Striker as well. Mm-hmm. And, and then the last one I want to say is the three mana... Um, what is the Adamri raid that creates a mana? That one's also mana neutral while you're comparing off. So you don't need to, uh, so even though it costs one, it makes a mana as well. So it still ends up being zero cost to cast. Which is kind of funny because usually the cards that are free when you have Bard class out are the weakest ones. And the ones that are single colored are the strongest ones uh, on rates. So it is kind of a balance that you need to strike there. Like, for example, Ronas is a strong beatdown card, like uh, Hazorat, but these are worse when you're trying to combo off. So, Rishkar as well. Okay, so you, you'd wanted to touch on Oath of Nyssa? Yeah, Oath of Nyssa is a really good one as well. Like, it helps you find your pieces that allows you to run a low amount of land, so you have less of a chance to break off. It's a legendary card for Bard class, so it it does a lot in the deck. Yeah, so um, a part of the problem that I think we were talking about as far as what the issue with this deck is, you know, so Ryan, you were saying that temporary lockdown has been an issue for you lately. Um, I think that portable hole before that was also Mm -hmm. causing a problem because it can hit your Bard class. And before that, not every deck was reliably having ways to interact with your Bard class. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should probably update my my list real quick while I have you guys on here. Sorry, you guys. Okay, yeah. So, is there is there anything unique about your list specifically, Ryan, as far as uh, the Bard class deck list? So, like I said, I've been talking with Claudio, and mm-hmm. uh, I got some ideas from him. And my list uh, is now not playing the Oath of of uh, oh, okay. uh, of Nissa, and instead I'm playing Commune with Spirits. Because, like I said before, if you're not, if you don't find Bard class, if you're not activating it on turn two, or sorry, playing it on turn two and activating on turn three, you're behind. So, hmm. so that's one thing that I did different with this deck, um, and I, I'm kind of moving away from the. I mean, again, I'm just going from my results uh, at the uh, God of Pioneer last weekend. I'm moving away from like the the three Zergo and. Um, the early stuff, uh, and then if the three, three or four Bergy, I think some decks are playing. I'm kind of trying to hedge my bets. I'm trying to have a little bit of that aggro as well as that combo in there. Should I just go over my list real quick? What I think are the core cards? Uh, sure. Yeah. What do you think of the core cards we didn't uh, already cover? Here? Did you cover Galia? Yeah. So we were saying Galia, Targnar, and now we've got Hajar, Hajar. is the third one. Yeah. That's two mana. Yeah, but so, tell us why why you think that's a kind of a core card. I think you need to keep drawing cards. And, you know, of course, giving yourself haste with Grow Girl, you can have more stuff to attack with. But you need to be able to cast more 
uh, legends to keep that combo going if you have bard class. I have had times where, you know, maybe I just drew lands and I didn't draw anything else and I couldn't I couldn't go off. So getting hands sorry lands stuck in your hand, you want to get rid of those. You want to keep on drawing cards, keep on going off on that bard class. And that's another reason why I have Radha Heart of Keldon here. I tried it tried it without her. I like her actually in here because she lets you put a land. She well actually you can look at the top of your library and you can play uh lands from the top so you don't get stuck you know um how can i say you don't uh get flooded on your lands you keep that combo going so not only is hitting that level three important on bard class but keeping the combo going i think is important and you get that with gallia you get that with bergy maybe if uh, you uh, flip her over on the uh the other side as the the horn i can't remember the name of it Horn of Hargfell or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So stuff like that. So like like Claudia was saying, it's it's the synergy and stuff that works with the synergy that keeps the synergy going. All that stuff is really important. Mm-hmm. It's also but, important uh, that Kalia has Galia has actually text in the matchup, in the deck. Sorry, because you actually play Zenago, so she being mm-hmm. a Satyr Lord actually matters. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> and Xenagos is not super necessary, but he does help you activate that level 3 of Bard class very It quickly. is a, like a Planeswalker as well. It gives you a little bit of resiliency. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. usually you're going to see Xenagos in lists of this deck. Yeah. And of course, it's also another one of those cards that is usually going to be mono-neutral if you're comboing off. So you don't always need to have the Bergy in play to start comboing because so many of these cards are free or make mono themselves. Uh, so if you can find it partway through, you can often turn that into a an infinite, you know, quote-unquote infinite combo there. Mm. Yeah. So what, what else, uh, is there anything that you think is kind of lacking in the deck that we should really touch on? Or like what makes it so it's not a top deck in the format? Well, Claudia, what do you think? I mean, I can tell you what I think from from playing it, but I'd like to hear what Claudio thinks first. Like, why why aren't more people playing this? Is is this just like the worst of the combo decks, or I think that like a fair amount of because of how Bard Class works, it's a kind of slow cards. It's a saga that you it's a enjoyment that you need to level up. Uh, mm-hmm. Because of the way the deck works, you play a fair game a lot of the time. And I don't think the deck is there yet on like power level of individual individual cards. So as more things okay. like Hajar are released, I think the deck is going to improve like slowly but surely. See, I think yeah, the just right being a game different, good. just being a different named legend that costs that two mana is a big deal for the deck. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a big thing. You know, I, I will say, I think I said this when the set came out, but I was really annoyed that we got, um, in Kamigawa, the red-green ability was like, oh, we care about creatures with plus one, plus one counters on them, and they didn't have a red-green legend in this set. Whatever they had made, even if it was terrible, it probably would have been good enough for Bard class because it would have been a red-green legend and every card comes with plus and plus and counters, but they just didn't get a legend in They had the it was green really one, the Kodama. Yeah, I was going to like say that. Yeah, but... yeah, the legends for modified creatures is the Kodama, which is not super good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think that mostly what's going to help. make or break the deck, in quotes, is another one-mana legendary that's actually good. Because, like, Zorgo mm. is okay, but Ovia is not... 
And the strongest starts for any Mox Amber deck is like when you go one drop uh, Mox Amber and turn two, play a three drop. So mm -hmm. you can start to get ahead. So I would... I mean, the deck really doesn't start till turn three. That's probably one of the things holding its back. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because like, you know, like you said, you get that Bard Glass down, you activate it, you throw your entire hand onto the to the uh, battlefield, and then, you know, if you can attack, that's great. Otherwise, you know, you're just trying to pump up Bard Class to that next level, draw your next uh, Legendary, and just go off on them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Bard Class is hard to take out, though. Yes, it can get turn one Thoughtseize. That's one of the reasons why I'm playing Commune with the Spirit, so I can just try to draw another one. Um, again, like I said, also you can get exiled if you're playing against blue white control. I do not like blue white control. Um, you know, they have uh, March of Otherworldly Light and they also have, like I said, the temporary lockdown. Both are horrible. Um, I have, I have been seeing a lot uh, of decks playing Piffing Needle as well, mm -hmm. mainly because of Karn. So that's something that doesn't super help you. Yeah. I mean, the deck plays, I got Basaiju and I got a lot of, uh, anti, uh, yeah, like my uh, opinion on the deck is that the better you can play a fair game when you're not, like, you either don't have bard class or they're disrupting you, the better mm -hmm. this deck is going to be because I think you have to play that kind of game fairly often. Yeah, well, it still needs testing, that's for sure. Maybe someone will figure it out eventually, but, yeah. but okay, um... Okay, but, I think we've asked a lot of good questions as far as we're going to spend the rest of the episode looking at other combo yes, decks, and we want to look at these the same segue. things as, like, how fragile is it? How much is it going to be impacted by specific hate cards in the format? You know, what is it looking for moving forward? Mm -hmm. Can it take people by surprise? So yeah. those are kind of the uh, the questions to set in mind. You know, I'm glad that we got a chance to talk over Bard Class with you. You know, maybe give people a little bit of primer if they really haven't seen the deck in action much. You know, mm -hmm. sell the deck on some people, hopefully, because it is a lot of fun to play. Oh, yeah. And then I've we can move on to... It all of these crazy combo decks that you know some yes. of these are new some of these are not new but i think we wanted to talk about a number of them from this last weekend that have really been showing some results so i mean i mean i i sent you guys my outline and just kind of get people warmed up for this topic what does it mean to be a combo deck in pioneer like what is your definition of a combo deck I, you know, I think it's a combination of winning through a non-traditional line. You know, you're not slowly working down your opponent's life total. Um, you know, maybe it can be one big attack on a turn, but it isn't. Mm. Uh, you know, it's not like it's just regular creature combat. I think that's been pretty well defined. Like a lot of people talk about that as far as like EDH decks and combo. Um, yeah, that's like pretty but broad. I think the like, other big part is that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty broad. You're just kind of attacking on something that's not a normal. I, I will just say that. You want to recognize if the deck has an unfair element, and that could that can be more pronounced mm -hmm. than in some decks than others. Like Phoenix has an unfair element, for example, with uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't call it a combo with though. temporal trespass, but yeah, it has it has like the combo finish. But in, on the mm -hmm. other end of the spectrum, you have Lotus Field, which is a pure combo deck. Yeah. So and uh, I mean that's why I was gonna ask us like it's Parhelion a combo deck. Or is it just like a synergy deck? I think you could consider. I think in this, well. yeah, it's it's tough. Like I feel like in this conversation, we're not so much talking about mono green and Parhelion. Like both of those have unfair elements, mm -hmm. but I don't feel like that's quite what we're going for here. Well, I think I would. Well, let's talk about some other 
combo decks then real quick. We will talk about those, you know, special ones, but I would consider Mono Green Devotion a combo deck, um, especially when they have the combo card in the sideboard. They have the uh, um, the thing that exiles and you gain life and you gain infinite life and you bring your, what, Planeswalkers back? Is that what it is? I can't remember what it was. Karn just keeps grabbing it. The Cauldron? The Cauldron. Yeah, uh, Pestilent Cauldron. Yeah. yeah you, you keep grabbing your Karn and your Nis- your Kiora from the graveyard and especially if you've got um, the Chain Veil, then they each get multiple activations. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I would say it's like a mid-range deck with a combo finish. Yeah. Possible combo finish, I guess. Seems about right. I mean, if Bard Class, if Bard Class is an aggro deck with a combo finish, then I could say Mono Green. Um, you know, it's kind of a combo card. I think that usually but, the, okay. this kind of definitions only matter when you're actually playing against decks like this, because like, if you have in mind like, does this deck usually wins with a fair plan, or does it sometimes mm-hmm. win with the fair plan and usually goes for a combo? That usually helps mm-hmm. you navigate the matchup. Um, so that's mostly where I I think things like that would be relevant. Like, this is a mid-range deck with a combo finish, or is this is just mm-hmm. a combo deck? Because usually, for example, uh, hate cards work better against pure combo decks than uh, than not. Yeah. So I think that's a great way to put it. So you know, if you're thinking about the matchup, is like, hey, as long as I can keep them off their combo and we go long, I'm gonna win. Like that means that they're probably a combo deck. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's like, hey, I've got a mid-range deck, I'm gonna go long with my opponent. But sometimes I can go over the top if they're doing, uh, you know, if they're just dirtling, I, I can win with a combo at the end. That's usually more just like, that's a normal deck with something unfair. Like, in some ways, Kroxa feels like it does that job, even though that I wouldn't ever call that a combo deck. So it's kind of that unfair element to go over the top. Okay. All right. Um, one more that's maybe questionable before we get into, like, these pure combo decks. Bolus the specific Citadel. decks? Yeah, go for it. Ooh. What do you think? People are starting to play that again. They're trying that out in like the sacrifice Sorry, uh, decks. You know, they just deck? play everything off the top of their deck. Sorry, what cards? Bolus Citadel. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought about uh, yeah, I thought about that because yeah. of the. I think the Bo- the Bolus Citadel deck, the traditional one with company, is a combo deck because you're trying to play mm-hmm. Citadel and win in the same turn every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it plays quite differently from like Ragdoll Sacrifice, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that. The, that is a combo deck because, especially because when you start seeing cards like uh, Diabolic Intents, it's because you're trying you're trying to oh, assemble exactly. like uh, something flashy. Honestly, more than anything else, I think a cool thing about that one that makes it definitely a combo deck for me is that it was a transitional combo deck in that it would usually side out Citadel when it was siding in. What is that dragon uh, called? Yeah, Corvold, uh, which I always thought was really cool. Is basically you could say, okay, I'm going to go off the combo plan if they have answers for that, and we're going to go to this slightly more fair mid-range plan instead. So, you know, maybe maybe we could be broad. We could say, yeah, Mono Green's combo, Parhelion's combo, uh, Jun Sacrifice with Citadel's combo, and we could probably say that we're in a very combo, or at least, you know, synergy, unfair, whatever, mm-hmm. centric meta in Pioneer right now, and I think that's really cool. That said, I do want to go into these very pure combo decks that we wanted to talk about. Okay, yeah. So one more Jeskai Sendacy combo oh, deck. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's that's a pure combo yeah. deck. I think that that's a pure combo deck that has been around for a yeah. little bit and has not been good for a while. I yeah. have not seen that putting up much results. Uh, you know, that's a deck that I I have known and loved for a long time. 
The other one that I think has been putting up results that's kind of a comeback deck is Lotus Field. We talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. last week because it made good results at uh, was it at Dreamhack that it did uh, both so Dreamhack well? and Sophia. It was uh, Sophia, Sophia had a top eight. Yeah. Also, oh yeah, both. Yeah, of them. I think the combined also win rate the, was fifty eight percent. Oh wow. I was going to say also to put another uh, copy into the top eight of the Australia New Zealand event as well. Mm-hmm. So, it's doing well. It's doing well for itself. Yeah. I mean, I... Very nice. Yeah, a lot of the, uh, you know, land cards like, uh, what do we say, like, Besage really helped get rid of, uh, or sorry, helped it to get around the hate and stuff that people were playing for it. Yeah, I I, I think what beats Lotus Field, it's like aggressive decks, not hate cards anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess we didn't see a lot of. Uh, but even like of, uh, uh, it, the deck had, if you really want to believe this or not, like the deck had not a great win rate against Rakdos. It was really 50 50 because the deck mm. is hmm. leaning way more aggressive now with Misery's Shadow and Shouldered. So it has a lot of more game against Lotus Field that, like, you would, you would, you might think. Mm hmm. Okay, so those are our traditional combo decks. Let's get into the juicy ones, the spicy ones. Kevin, do you want to pick the first one? Which one do you want to talk about? Ooh, so if I were to pick one and go ahead with it, I want to talk about this Vanifar combo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Vanifar combo, I don't know if we've ever talked about on this show before. I feel like I've I've mentioned it a few times. You it's like, hey, I'm messing it, with Vanifar chains yeah. again. Yeah, uh, and usually my chains were pretty bad. They were very like dependent on having all of the right pieces, and you know, it had no plan outside of playing Vanifar on turn three or four, so- and then untapping with it the next turn. Um, there's some really cool things going on with this new. Vanifar combo, and yes. I feel like Joel Larson is a big person who's been pioneering this. They also played it at Sophia. Um, I don't know what the result was in that. Let me see if it lists I think, it here. But, I think uh, um, it started pretty well, like 7-1 and one or something, but it didn't make top 8, if I remember correctly. Say 16 maybe or something? Yeah. Top 20 maybe? 20. The the, yeah. the combo that this deck is using was has been around for a while. I remember that something like this 5-0 uh, some time ago. Basically, your plan is to get a bunch of Structure Specialists in play. But what this decklist did, which is pretty cool, is that they fit the combo into a better fair shell, which is humans. So mm-hmm. like, you want to play Structure Specialists anyway, like maybe you play your Corridor Monitor that you might not want, but... You're going to kill your opponent by attacking and by comboing off a lot of the time, so it is a pretty good so innovation, I, I think. I don't yes, let me go through the uh, the combo yeah. line here. So, okay, yeah, f- exactly, for people like Ryan. So, it's your one-drops, your Thraven Inspector, and your, uh, what is the, the new one that's been really good? Bloodlust, Bloodlust Insider is a one-red mana human. It can tap to give a creature haste, uh, which is really nice. It means that you can, you know, turn forward, you could play... Prime Speaker Vanifar with just Bloodlust Insider in play. Tap the Insider to give Prime Speaker Vanifar haste. Okay, now you sacrifice your Bloodlust Insider. Now you get to go find a two-mana creature. You find Corridor Monitor. Mm-hmm. When that enters, it untaps a creature, so you untap Vanifar. Now you sacrifice Corridor mm-hmm. Monitor. Corridor Monitor can find Extraction Specialist. Mm-hmm. When that enters, it brings Corridor Monitor back, untaps the Prime Speaker Vanifar. So now you sacrifice the Monitor again. 
grab another extraction specialist. Do it again, grab another extraction specialist. Ooh. Do it again, grab another one. Do it again, grab a glass pool mimic, which copies extraction specialists. Wow. So now you can have <laughs> eight extraction specialists in play. Now you yeah. sacrifice the corridor monitor one more time and grab another new card here, or newish card here, is Keldon Strike Team. It's a three mana human, three one. It has kicker. When it enters the battlefield, if you kicked it, it makes two soldier tokens. But the important part is that as long as it enters the battlefield this turn, creatures you control have haste. Mm. So now you've got um, nine three-power hasted creatures, and you can attack and, and kill your opponent. Yeah. So you don't go infinite, you just put like uh, 30 power into play with haste. So, yeah, pretty good. That's super interesting. I would never play it, but... It's got, it's got blue. <laughs> and what's what's interesting here is that you know we were just talking about how you kind of want to have a fair plan is that the fair plan is you know Thraben Inspector, Thalia's Lieutenant, Thalia Garden of Thraben, Luminarch Aspirant. All of these cards make a lot of sense and play very well with Extraction Specialist, mm. um, as well as some three drops like Reflector Mage. So you get to interact, you get to play Collected Company in some number, or I've seen other versions that are playing some number of Pyre of Heroes is reasonable. Um, so, you know, Prime Speaker Vanifar has some just reasonable lines of like sacrificing a Thalia's Lieutenant to find an Extraction Specialist bringing back the Thalia's Lieutenant. Like that, that's really good for just a fair deck. Um, as well as having this whole combo if you're able to set it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you guys want to say about this? Or maybe Claudio can pick the next combo deck? Yeah, I played with something to similar to this like a few months ago. It was not with the Humans show, but the thing that I have to say about this deck is like, since you're not going actually infinite, if your opponent has a large board, it, like you might go off and not kill them. Which Mm. So you have to be wary about that when you're uh, playing the deck. But like, you, did you draw any extraction specialists or gospel mimics? You have to take that into account when you're going off. Because it, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, drawing the corridor monitor seems like a problem for the deck. Yeah, I can I can see that as well. Um, yeah, I think we can talk about the classification deck now. Okay. Sure, sure. You want to uh, explain that one, Claudia? Yeah, this is the deck that showed up with Sophia as well. It has been around for a while. And Mark Tobias? Tobias? Hmm. They thundered. It looks like they worked a lot on this deck because it's playing a bunch of cards that I have never seen people playing this deck before. And so basically, the, the idea here is that you have Storm Heralds. Which is a 3 mana mm-hmm. creature, 3 2 with haste. When it enters play, you can uh, put any number of auras in your graveyard and attach to a creature. It doesn't need to be itself. Uh, and you sacrifice the auras at the end of turn. So basically, what we're trying to do here is assemble Colossification, which, which gives a creature plus 20 plus 20, and Burning Anger, which gives a creature tap, deals damage equals with its power to any target, so deal 23 damage to someone. Uh, basically, that's what the deck's trying to do. It's playing a bunch of mill effects, it's playing Ledger Shredder, Fable, so and Traverse the Oven Wild, so you have a lot of card selection. This is like a pure combo mm-hmm. deck, it's not doing trying to do anything else, it doesn't even have a, a transformational sideboard, it's, it's just playing more cards to beat the hate. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
silent gravestone in the sideboard there is a four of that's insane uh, that's against um unless it's hers right? yeah hers scavenging things uh, like that that's cool yeah it doesn't stop rip though right no Just that, anything that would say exile something from a graveyard yeah. it would stop yeah. against this builds rest in peace and the line of the void or gold blanker the best mm-hmm. hate cards for the graveyard um yeah this is pretty cool it's clever though is yeah, so there are a few things here that I like. You know, I've seen this deck a while ago, and I always thought it was terrible. Um, I like the addition of Ledger Shredder as kind of a fair card and a good way to loot, as well as Fable of Mirrorbreaker as a fair card and ability to loot. Uh, I also want to call out that Fable has a combo with this deck, is that normally the only real way to combo win with it is Storm Herald, grabbing those two cards on itself and tapping to kill the opponent. Um, with Fable specifically, if you have a Storm Herald in play and Reflection with Haste, um, you can have an attacking creature and copy a Storm Herald to bring back a classification on an attacking creature. Oh, that's pretty cool. Otherwise, normally classification taps the creature when it comes mm, into play. That's pretty cool. I have, uh-huh. I have not uh-huh. thought about that. Nice. Yeah, because the combo is usually burning anger on, sorry, on the tr- on the top of the trigger, right after the classification mm-hmm. trigger goes. Yeah, you you, you, you right? always need both. Just classification is not yeah, enough. So anger would go on first. It well, would... it doesn't. They they go on at the same time, yeah. but their triggers go on the stack, and okay. you have time to respond to the trigger. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a neat deck. It's interesting. I'm just surprised nobody tried it out sooner. I guess. I mean, again, uh, <laughs> were we it's, talking? It's not great. I still don't think it's good. No, but... no, 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 no. It's fun though. It's interesting. It's a, it'll catch people off guard. Oh yeah, for sure. Even with open deck, but, list, I can see. It, it, it can turn three kill if you get the perfect. Uh... Was was were we talking about how? I mean, this is kind of like one of the kind of the premise of the show is that more people will play combo now. Um, at least that's my hot take. More people will play combo in paper than they will on MTGO because they don't have to worry about missing the combo by misclicking something. You know, I, I think last time you were talking about that, Kevin, about how people can just kind of like uh, was it telegraph or whatever the. Uh, the combo and just kind of speed through it instead of having to click every single you know thing every single trigger well yeah i think that's a big deal for some of these decks um you know, we haven't gotten the one that i think that i said was specifically like that which will we'll, we'll get to you know probably next uh, year i'm not sure i'm um, not yeah, sure about that these, it's like people hey, play I've... mono green online so i don't think it matters like the deck is really click intensive yeah, I mean, even Mono Green. So Mono Green used to run a copy of Heart of Kirin in their sideboard because in paper that can really help you combo because you can, uh, if you didn't have a backup copy of Kiora, you could use a Heart of Kirin in play to kill your Kiora to, you know, effective, you know, instead of Legend rolling it, you just kill it. So it's in your graveyard to regrab with Pestilence Cauldron. Uh, people pretty much didn't do that online because you would have to, you know, click to crew, choose what creature you were, or choose what planeswalker you were crewing from, remove one loyalty counter, and then do that six more times in order to kill your Kiora, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a an absolute wreck to try and do online. But that was something in paper you could just be like, hey, I'm using Z6 loyalty here, I'll put it in my graveyard. Um, so even just like that kind of shortcutting, I feel like we saw that impact on Mono Green. And a couple of these are more uh, click intensive than even Mono Green is here that we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I kind of have a different view. I think control decks are worse to play in paper than combo decks. Are worse to play in paper or worse to play online? Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, worse to play in paper. I think combo decks are fine either way, but I think control is actually the worst to play in paper. 
Why is that? Because like I was at the RC this weekend and I drew once and I almost drew another time against the blood control because your games take a long time and I'm not sure if people mm -hmm. are not used to playing at a quick pace anymore because of like yeah not playing tournaments but I I have definitely felt that I think that's fair and yeah our point was kind of that there are some decks that maybe people aren't playing online because they're not you know conducive to playing a quick combo deck and we've seen that before in, in different situations but we're saying maybe some of these combo decks that we're about to talk about are, are seeing more play just because they're better to play in paper than they were in a online mm -hmm. um so do you, do you want to bring up one of these decks so that i can stop you know, hinting at what we're talking about it might make more sense should i go next because I mean, yeah yeah please go I, ahead. I can only really talk about one more because i played against it you guys will have to take the other ones after this but yeah last time last show we talked about astrak combo astrak the arc lich is the the five five that enters the dungeon when it comes into play and if you haven't completed the tomb of annihilation it bounces back to your hand and the combo is with gwenna um the Eyes of Gaia, so whenever a power 5 creature enters the battlefield, she gets a counter and untaps, and she can tap for 2 uh, two mana of any color. And uh, what, what you do is like you bring in something that makes your uh, your Osirak uh, cheaper, so this could be done with like Bone Two's Monument, this can be done with Keenan, making everybody, uh, you know, giving everybody uh, an extra, um, how can I say? Uh, Gives going an extra mana when it taps, you can do it yeah. with... Gore Claw, which also reduces. Yeah, Gore Claw does it. Also, Dusk Watch Recruiter, if it flips on the backside, you know, you get the mm, minus true. one uh, on that. So there's a lot of different ways to do that, and there's some really good interactions as well. Like you know, even if you know you don't have a flip to Dusk Watch Recruiter, you can still dig to your combo pieces, which is great. Um, it has Eldritch Evolution again, more cards to look for those pieces that'll help you go off. Um, but basically one of the dungeons this is called infinite dungeons one of the dungeons is like drain one uh stress right yeah opponent loses one you gain one and you can just kill your opponent like that you just do the infinite amount of times in one turn and then they die or you can gain infinite life and there's just so many other things you can do yeah basically this is a legacy hmm. deck because there's a legacy deck that kills with Asarak as well basically the same thing you got to play it for free um hmm yeah, I tried to work a bunch of the, on this deck because I saw the interaction early on on the spoiler season between Gwena and Azarak. Mm -hmm. I had some different builds, notably the list we're looking at not playing Cemetery Prowler, which is a mm. card that we thought were, was pretty good because it's Grievered Hate and it's it works as a combo piece in our deck. Because uh, you make one creature's one less, right? Yeah, it's like it, that's the four five. Oh, it's it? three mana, three four. When three, four, it ETBs or attacks, yeah. you e exile a card from a graveyard, and cards that share a type with that card cost one less. So mm -hmm. you eat a creature, and or, or your creatures cost one less. Um, yeah, basically we didn't find a build we liked, mostly because like yeah we had this combo, and it's a trick card combo and like i think we still need to support a fair plan on top of all of that like mm -hmm. what are we doing with all, all our mana if we are not if we did we, we don't find our Asarok? um how mm -hmm. how are we winning the game if they kill our kin things like that 
We didn't find the answer to that, so we didn't play the deck. Well, so how do you feel about this version of the list? You know, there's a couple other cool things that weren't mentioned here. You know, Relic of Legends is another way to tap your Asrock for mana as that third mana you need, um, as well as, you know, just being another mana thing. And then Trophy Mage is kind of a cool one in that it can find your Relic of Legends, find your Bantu Monument. Yeah, Yeah, we didn't think about those innovations, so maybe they moved the needle a little bit. Like, they're not fair plan cards necessarily. But they help you combo off more. Like the Relic mm-hmm. of Legends interaction of like is pretty interesting. You miss that. Like, because Relic is a, is a card that doesn't work with Kinnon, so it's not super intuitive that you want to play it. Yeah, I try to call that out every time. You know, it sounded like, Ryan, when you were playing it in paper, they may not have known that it doesn't work with Relic, mm. but you you weren't sure. Yeah, I'm not. I was not sure. I, I'm not sure if they. I can't remember. If and they basically, used it like what I'm talking not. about here is that Keenan, uh, sorry, Legend, Relic of Legends gives Legends an ability to tap for mana. But since mm-hmm. uh, because of the way Keenan works, since the abilities like you tap Asarak for mana, for example, since the ability to tap for mana is not from Asarak itself, it's from something else. Uh, you're not mm. going to make two mana. You're only only going to make one. Uh-huh. Yeah, I brought this up last week as well, talking about this, is that the the permanent that is tapping is not the one that's making mana, so it doesn't count for Kinnon's ability. Um, so here's the card that I'm a little bit unsure about, is Eldritch Evolution. Like, I can see where that's definitely a good combo card for this deck, but that's a card that I feel like is very much an all-in card. You know, it's, it's card negative, so anytime you cast it, you're going down a card, in any kind of attrition matchup, in any kind of counterspell matchup, it can be a really bad card. Um, do you think that card's good enough here, or would you rather that be, you know, something for the fair plan? Not sure. I mean, some other decks are playing Fauna Shaman instead. Yeah, we had Fauna Shaman in our list. Uh, like, Eldritch Evolution gives you a lot of speed, so... Like, maybe that could be part of a fair plan as well, like maybe you have some value targets to get, like um, you, could have, you could have like a target tracker or maybe scavenging use for, for like your, mm-hmm. when you're playing against Grisfang and that matters. Uh, I'm not sure, like this this kind of deck is a really difficult puzzle to build, because yeah, you have this combo, mm. but you have to Take in mind that the farmers play like the deck play the decks play a lot of interactions. So again, some same thing with the bard with the bard class deck. You're going to have to play a fair game a lot, and how good mm-hmm. are you at that? So that's the question you need to answer. And like cards like Garclaw are not going to help you get there, like because those cards are not good. All right. Um... If it's okay with you guys, there's a deck that's kind of similar to this that kind of also uses like uh, Eldritch Evolution Perp. and makes stuff cheaper. Do you want to cover that one? Yeah, I'd be happy to cover that okay. one. You know, I wrote yeah. an article about this deck uh, right when the um, when the Defilers were spoiled. So this mm-hmm. was last set really that it became viable. This new set really only added one card, and this is the Defiler of Instinct combo that kind of already existed with Grinning Ignis. So Grinning Ignis three mana. 
It's an elemental that you can pay a red and return to your hand and make three mana. So basically, you can recast it then from your hand with the mana it made. It doesn't, you know, tap or anything, doesn't need haste. So as long as you can make one red mana or reduce its cost by one in this combo, you can play it any number of times. So then any kind of third piece which makes it so that casting a creature an infinite number of times does something lets you uh, win the game. So... Uh, you know, this deck is also running eight mana dorks. It's running four Prosperous Innkeeper, both as mana and because um, Grinning Ignis entering repeatedly gains you life. Uh, Defiler of Instinct was a new one last set, which is, you know, it makes everything cost that one red less, mm-hmm. as well as every time you cast a red spell, you do one damage to something. So that's both your mana reducer and your kind of win con, as long as you have a way to, uh, to counteract the life loss. Um, Risen Reef works in this deck just as a value card, as well as Grinning Ignis being an elemental means that you can turn through your whole deck while doing this. Bergy again, doing the same kind of thing, making mana. Um, and then the last couple bits are like, you know, Runaway Steamkin also makes mana. Devilish Valet is another uh, win condition. And Hezret's Monument also reduces the cost of red spells by one. And then this is also, you know, running Coco. It's running a one of Fauna Shaman, which is the new one that it's a reprint. You can pay a green tap and discard a creature card to search your library for any creature card, so it finds pretty much any part of this combo. And this is also running a one of Eldritch Evolution. Uh, we're looking at the deck from... This was in the, the God of Pioneer that we're looking at. Oh, Gernie Ingus? No, that wasn't... This is the Jose Muniz Dreamhack Atlanta Pioneer 10k. Oh, nope, yep, I was looking at the wrong one. Yeah. I was looking at the... Uh, yeah, this is from uh, the 10k in Dreamhack. Yeah, like, Lokian, I just want to say it's really cool. This deck mm-hmm. looks like a better version of the Ignos deck to me because, like, you're t- also trying to assemble a lot of pieces together. But, like, look at w- what you're trying to do. You have a bunch of Rising Reefs. You have uh, Bergy, which is a card advantage card. Like, you're so resilient to removal. And, like, you, you're kind of fast as well. I think you can kill pretty fast. Uh, because like people are going to want to kill your rising reefs, like, so you have a bunch of things that they don't want that card. Advantage. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a pretty cool one. Like the filer is also is a cool card. I believe you can go gain infinite life in this deck as well. If you have like, uh, if you have three ignos plays and inkeeper in play, you gain infinite life, and that beats some decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really clever using Hazard's Monument. I love seeing, you know, the other one had Bonte's Monument. This one has Hazard's Monument. I think that's really <laughs> clever. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, that one I don't mind the four of because it can help discard itself, which mm-hmm. is nice. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, that could be kind of awkward. Is that you're playing a lot of, you know, you're playing a lot of legendaries. You've got four of, or at least a couple. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's nice about this one. I would love playing more. So I think I have... would play more Fauna Shamas. I think I have been playing with that card, and it has been impressing me quite a bit. Is it hasn't or it it has? has? It has. Okay. Okay. So you're looking for more copies of that? I, I could see that. Because it really opens so up your game. Like, like when you're yeah. playing, like you can change a little bit how your deck is built. Because like it's you're going to find Outland Liberator more often, for example. The, this, this is playing the sideboard. You could play some like scavenging use if you're if you want that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's just great. I, I, I 
love uh, Paul Nishama. Okay. Yeah. I think, I mean, a lot of these combo decks, I think, I wouldn't say they're 100% optimized yet. I definitely think they will be optimized this season, though. But before the end of the season, we'll see a lot of these combo decks, I think, you know, kind of finally get a, a core set of cards. Um, but I was going to say, I think we have time for like maybe one more combo deck. Claudio, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I know we have like kind of two big ones. There's the Oracle Demir deck and there's also creativity. I think we haven't really covered that one yet either, but like, what do you want to talk about? Um, I guess we can talk, uh, we can just mention the creativity is a old deck that has been doing well recently. Uh, my, my friend Alessandro qualified for the pro tour in Sofia with the deck. Le Milan, mm-hmm. so and he really likes it. It's like not super easy to interact with for most decks, and it just kills you out of nowhere, which then goes plus the words per worm. So, but that deck has mm-hmm. been around for a while. I think I think it's just a deck that can show up in certain meta games. Like it's not very good against Bloid mm-hmm. Control, for example. Um. Oh yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, so we can talk about the blue-black inverter deck for all the yes, that, that <laughs> inverter, one I really inverter, inverter, inverter. Yeah, I, I, I never thought it. I, I would see that that cards in play. Uh, what is the name of the cards? The true mono black card. Uh, hang on, I'm looking for the deck list that we posted. Do we post one for that one? I don't. I didn't. I don't think I found that one. I was looking for it on on Twitter. I saw someone post it and talk about it the other day. I'll see if I can find a deck list if you want to talk about it. It's the something packed or something like that. It, it's a. It, you want to say what it does? <laughs> so you exile the. It's, it's yeah. Rimana. You exile the top 13 cards of your deck. And then you get the Demonic Tutor. So basically, what you're trying to do, like the deck is playing a bunch of self self mule cards, like uh, Merfolk Secret Keeper, uh, Stitcher Supplier, the Falage Archaeologist as well. And you're trying mm-hmm. to win with Tassel's Oracle, basically. So, I think this deck is... And it's not super easy to interact with, because like the, because of the way Tassel's Oracle works. Um, but this is a slow one, for sure. You're usually looking at killing at ter- on turn 6. But the deck plays a lot of removal, it plays a lot of walls, so it gets to survive a little bit against the aggro decks. Demonic, yeah, demonic bargain, bargain, that's the yeah. one. Uh, so, so it's kind of control with a combo. Yeah, it, I would not. I would say this deck is not. It doesn't have a strong fire plan like Inverter did, but because it play, it needs to play a lot more cards to support its combo, and mm-hmm. like compare <clears throat> the bargain to Inverter, like it's just so different. You're playing through mana to do nothing, and Inverter had the six six. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say, you know, having seen this, it's uh, it's LLAA, it's LAA one one. Uh, I've seen him also, or you know, that player. I don't know if it's a him win with some other janky decks before. Yeah, they you know, they brew some. It, wild it's ones. kind of the um, they, they they do brew some wild ones. I don't know. Is this the Claudio effect where yeah, um, it's just a player who won with a a janky deck, but they're just a really good player. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt they're good. They have won some some challenges before as well. Yeah, so this was a pioneer challenge uh, that it won 
Um, so not just a like league result or something. So that, that's why it's worth kind of calling out that people are trying with it. I think there's some interesting yeah, things yeah. here. So yeah, as far as self mill, you know, otherworldly gaze, citrus supplier, these phalagi archaeologists, um, as well as just hoping to demonic bargain your way through. Phalagi archaeologists quickly cemented itself as one of the premier combo cards of the format. It's it's in playing a bunch of bonfire decks. It's in playing the blue black deck. It's in playing colossification. I think. It's mm -hmm. in playing Ascendancy, and I also played against this deck in uh, against uh, the the deck was a blue white Godfellow's Gift deck. So that mm -hmm. helps you, yeah. That. that helps you mill your GPG and find your refurbish. So that card is. Yeah. I love some yeah. Godfellow's Gift. Love it, love it, love it. I wanna I wanna give a quick shout out to Viper Fang for bringing that card to my attention when we were going over the uh, set review because yeah. Like, yeah yeah. You can also try to do the uh, You can also try to do the pauper thing where you pair this with Tolarian Terror. Hmm. Mm. The one that gets uh, less uh, for each uh, instant sorcery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Because that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you can play that card as a Augur of Bolas type card that you, you find like a Fatal Push or a Totsis and it helps you fuel your Tolayden Terror. So that card is definitely a very good common that not many people are talking about, I think. Yeah, this is like a super cheap deck. That's insane. It's like all commons and uncommons. Yeah. Time will tell if this is Except going to be legs. another Velomakos deck or if it's going to stick. Mm -hmm. Hey, there's another one we could shout out. Is where's uh, Velomachus? Yeah, I don't know what's been hurting that because you know it's not like people are playing counter spells yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. Huh. Well, some people are. <laughs> well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Any other? I, I wanted a or? quick shout out on Lotus Field. I don't think that there's anything that's been new played in the deck. Mm -hmm. um, you know, do you guys have any like good resources if anyone wants to learn about Lotus Field? Just like if you guys are unfamiliar, it has been coming back. Make sure you research a little bit about that deck because it is a very strong combo deck, especially if you're unprepared. I want to say here, let me double check, but I'm pretty sure Carnage from the Playing Pioneer did a, uh, you know, like a league playthrough or something or like a little bit of a primer on it. Maybe mm -hmm. you can go check out that if you guys don't know it, but get, get yourself familiar with it because it did make those two big top eights. So I think that that one uh, maybe even more than any of the other ones we've talked about, it's worth you know making sure you know the lines, making sure you're familiar with the mm -hmm. deck, and a little bit of how to yeah, interact with it. Yeah, because Lotus Field has been a fixture of the format since forever. Like it's a good deck that's going to show up from time to time, so it's a true, true and proved strategy. So you kind of have to know what it does. Yeah, it survives from the uh, you know from the age of blue black mm -hmm. inverter really. It grew up along those those combo decks <laughs> and is still holding on. I mean, are you guys surprised at how many combo decks we found in today's topic? I I didn't think we'd have this many, but so I, I kind of have some combo, thoughts about that because like the RCs were coming up right, and people were trying to find mm -hmm. in unexplored decks of the format, and mm. I think when you're trying to find something like that, you're not going to try to find a new fair strategy. You're mm -hmm. always trying to find something in unexpected and unfair, like that might that might uh, make people confused when they're playing against you, like the classification deck. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I think it's more of a things that yeah, people aren't expecting. Yeah, either. I think it's more like what uh, what I would look for 
if I was trying to break it for the RC, you know? I would not try to to break, mm. like, I don't know, black-white mid-range. I would try to break a combo deck. Mm. Oh, there we go. You know, I was I was looking to see if I had any other combo decks that I'd been testing with, and I was going through some old decks. I'm like, oh, here's one that's uh, an, LL, an LAA-11 deck. It's just <laughs> like a Jund land destruction deck. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, this guy wins with some funny cards. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, just wanted to shout that out because we just they talked also built that red white mid range deck with Archon of Amelia. If you remember that one, that pe- yeah, oh, that I people were playing it. for a while. Yeah, but there's a lot of, and most of the decks we talked about are on the pure combo side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was the idea here. Yeah, yeah, more of that type of stuff. So, one final question for you guys, if that's okay. Sure. So, kind of to wrap us up, we ha- like I said, we had a lot of these combo decks. We we found a lot of these combo decks. Is having you know a certain number of combo decks good for the pioneer formats? Does you know? I mean, before you know, we had like what cat this, and we had inverter, and we had all these combo decks, and then you know, wizards is like, oh no 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 no, we can't have these, and they banned like all the cards. Is it okay to have all these co- combo decks now? Um. I, like, do we I need person, to have them I, in here? Or are we going to get another combo winter? I think it's personally fine because besides the Lotus Field and the Blue Black deck, mo- most of the combos play to the board and they're weak to removal. Um, mm. So most decks are going to be prepared against them. I think that the issue is that the issue arises when there's too many decks that are not super easy to interact with for most decks. Like... Uh, mm. Inverter and Lotus Field, and like if you have all all of that happening at the same time, and the decks are super good all the time, then it might mm-hmm. start having a problem. But I think having combo decks is healthy as well, because yeah, some of them are going to promote <sighs> some strategies to combat them, like Lotus Field promotes aggro decks. Um, mm-hmm. The blue black deck, if that deck is good, for example, it promotes blue white control. Uh, but it's like if if we have these, like if they're allowing all these to stay, why not just let Kethis and Sahili come back at this point? Right? Uh, I don't know. Like Sahili, for I think those yeah, are those yeah, are not the same. Yeah, Sahili, not, for not example, totally the is the not yeah, totally Sahili, same. for example, is the does not play to the board the, at all. Really. Oh, Sahili does. But the issue with Sahili is that it's the perfect combo deck because. It has a fair that that was the issue with Kathis in the past as well. You have you have such a fair, a good fair plan that like you don't mind if you mm-hmm. can't combo off at all because like you're just playing a bunch of good cards anyway. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the issue with decks like that. So I'm not sure and uh, like see that speaking to your point as well. There's a bunch of decks combo decks right now. Do we need more? I don't think so. Hmm. Okay. Well, if we do get too many, I like I said, bring back copter. Yeah, like for example, let, let, yeah, let the aggro decks. Copter could be fine. The, the aggro decks will, will will rule the world. <clears throat> well, there we go. Or <laughs> or Parhelion will rule the yeah, world, which could be a problem. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's probably about what we wanted to talk about. Um, if I were to say one more thing, are there any? combo decks like you even what is like the worst combo deck you've got waiting in the wings it's like hey i know these cards are an infinite combo but i haven't made a deck work for them yet is there anything you guys have uh just sitting out there that you'd love to throw out to our viewers or our listeners to um to try and brew with i mean i've made jank before i don't know if i would say 
Oh, I have, I have, I have, I have seen red some red decks that there. look interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. Their third path Iconoclast decks with Paradox Engine. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Like, not really sure what the deck looks like, but I have seen that idea floating around. So that might be fun. Yeah, I was going to say Mono Red Devotion. I don't know if that's really, you know, a combo deck, but I thought that would be kind of fun to play. Searching up uh, Fanatic Amogus. Yeah, like the, the, the first, know, the first really time I played deck? against the Gridney Ignos combo deck, it was actually a Mono Red deck with uh, oh. Stinking. And that kind of evolved into the, hmm, into the company that. deck we have today. So that's... that's okay. Cool. Interesting. Okay. Uh, you know, I've got all kinds of crazy things. I was just like, uh, you know, like I said, I was looking through old death. I'm like, oh man, I had a Herald Unites the Elves, Mori to the Frost combo deck that didn't wow. work. <laughs> no, yeah, I've got some bad stuff. But let, let's let's stop talking about that. We can talk about Jank another time. Mm -hmm. You know, me and Ryan are always posting Jank in our Discord, which would be a great thing for you guys to follow, as well as following us on Twitter at MTG Pioneer, uh, as well as maybe on Hive at MTG Pioneer. We haven't really expanded that yet. Yeah. We kind of just well, staked you, our you, claim you for thinking about Maybe switching. I should take that over. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, you can find a link to our discord there as well to, uh, to keep more in touch with us, to talk about the shows as they're happening, to talk about deck lists. Um, you know, I've got a channel for weird rules interactions. You've mm -hmm. got a combo or a, a channel for your, for your jank. Yeah. Uh, got a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm glad you guys came in and wanted to, or came on and wanted to talk about this topic today. I'm, I'm really interested. Again, we're the first pioneers. We explore the pioneer format. I feel this was a really good topic for that today. Well, um, yeah, I really want to thank you, Claudio, for yeah. joining us today. If you have any shout-outs you yeah, want to Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at ClaudioHMTG, and you can also find our, uh, our Patreon at Tacting9 on Twitter as well. Provide, we like make a lot of good content for people playing competitive tournaments, both in Modern and Pioneer. So if you want to take a look at that, I would be grateful. Mm-hmm. Does your cat have any shout-outs? Yeah, yeah, she is shouting out all right. All right, well, thank you one more time for joining us. We really appreciate that. And for everyone listening, thank you for listening. We are the First Pioneers Podcast, and we look forward to being your go-to source for pioneer information online. Uh, did I cut you off there, Ryan? No, not good. Go ahead. All right, we're the First Pioneers, and we are comboing off. Perfect. <laughs>